Hello, friends. Welcome to the Best Speech Podcast. This is Mike Pacione, aka your host. This week, we have another high-energy podcast. Not because of me, because of my guest. So last week, we had Gary Ware, who brings a lot of energy, and Marley Williams, that's this week's guest. Marley does the same. Marley is so many things. If you want to give her a label, she's a facilitator, she's a speaker, she's a life design coach. But really, she's just someone that ah, just makes you feel energy. It's so great. So in this episode, you will hear Marley and I talk about Camp Yes. She'll unpack that for you, but that's her whole thing, Camp Yes. We will talk about the difference between being a facilitator, being a speaker, how Marley actually facilitates or how Marley actually integrates both. We'll talk about how hard and weird it is when you're a high energy person to suddenly do virtual presentations. Um, But one of the things that I love about this episode is Marley gives us some of the games that she plays on virtual presentations. Uh, lastly, Marley will talk about winging it, which, like, frankly, I never recommend, but someone like Marley knows what she's doing. So we'll talk about the risks. We'll talk about the rescue process with winging it. You're going to love this episode. Check out my guest, Marley Williams. Here we are, friends, with my friend. I call everybody my friend, but really my friend, Marley Williams, in my old town of Portland. Hey, Marley. Hey, hey what's happening? <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> oh Hanging out with my friend. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. When I met Marley, she was in Bellingham, which is an underrated city in the country, but good to have you in Portland, even if I don't live there anymore. Marley, I think you're great, but why don't you, can you tell everybody out there in the world, what is Marley Williams? What would you say you do, Marley? What do I do? Great question. Uh, Oftentimes, I tell people that I am a professional camp counselor for your dreams. Uh, What that means is I like if you imagine, right, like going to summer camp, for those of you who have been to summer camp, like to me, your camp counselor was your biggest fan, your cheerleader, like your the the person who helped you make new friends. (laughs) I feel like as that's what I do for adults is really I help them believe in themselves. I help them make new friends and meet new people. And I create really powerful, transformational, memorable experiences, which I think, like, again, if you if you have been to summer camp, you can imagine that. And if even if you haven't, I think that you can get wrap your head around this idea of creating these like memorable moments in your life that stand out. Uh, and that's what I that's what I'm up to. That's what I do. I also call myself a, a play activist, so I'm very much into helping adults rediscover and remember the power of play and helping them tap into their own personal, their, their purpose and their passion and their mission in the world and not taking themselves too seriously and helping people cultivate joy in their life and remembering that they have a say in how they live their life and what they do and how they do it and how to bring more more fun joy and play into every day so like your big event correct me if i'm wrong but at least in my head your big event is camp yes and and that yep. you're more of like a facilitator than a speaker correct correct and i would in general call myself more of a facilitator than a speaker but for marketing purposes it's like people hire yep. speakers oftentimes and so to me it is facilitating that four-day transformational experience where I do give 
you know, talks and I lead workshops and exercises and activities throughout the event, but I'm really like the, the founder, director, curator of the entire experience. So, so I'm really holding that container. Yeah. So for, for an event like that, are you planning out? Cause it's not meant to be Marley talking for four straight days. Nobody wants that. Like your mom wouldn't want that. Right. So do you plan out, do you plan out what's going to be speaking and do you plan out questions ahead of time or is it total just Marley's uh Marley's figuring it out as she goes because I know that's a strength of yours is figuring it out as you go but how much of it do you actually plan it is yeah one of my keynote talks that I want to work want to write is the art of winging mm. it because <laughs> it is it, it's in in some ways like my my greatest asset in some ways is to really be in the moment with people and to read the energy of the room and in that moment, like drawing on 20 years of experience of like, what's the best question to ask right now? Or what does this room need? What does the group need? So it's a blend, I would say, like the opening welcome circle. I know that I'm going to do it. And I know that I'm going to ask, I'm going to say some things and I'm going to ask some questions. But it is in that moment, like very organic. And I know like what my purpose and intention of that is, is to really set the tone, to build and create community and to have people feel like they've arrived here and to like open themselves up to this experience. So I'm like that as a speaker, I'm like, well, what is the true North? What is the mission of this opening welcome circle, for example? But I do not have it like scripted out of like, I'm gonna say this and then I'm gonna say this, but I like, I'm gonna do a land acknowledgement. And I had the land acknowledgement written out and I actually read that off a piece of paper because I didn't want to mess Wait, it up. Wait, land acknowledgement? Like a land acknowledgement of who this land belongs oh, oh, to. Oh, got it, got it. Or like um, from like the First Nations perspective yep. of who has been here before us and really honoring that. So like there are certain elements that I've written out and I did this, you know, I do a step into the circle if you, this is your first time at camp, yes. Mm -hmm. And I had a series of some of those questions written out. So, and the, and the purpose of that is, oh, look around. There are these other people that are there for the first time. And you have them do things like that. Exactly. Exactly. So do you have a whole series of, what are like some good questions? Because you know what? People always ask me, this is amazing, but people are always asking me for, uh, can you give me some good icebreaker questions? Can you give me some good activities? Can you give me some good ways of letting people feel safe in the room, whether that's a boardroom, whether it's a conference, whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh, Marley, what are some of Marley's suggestions? Mm. Yeah. So that was one of them. Like step, step in the circle, raise your hand if this is your first time at this event or conference, look around the room. Cool. Give someone an air high five, something like that. Like go first timers, raise your hand. If you've been here before, you know, people like this place is like the thing that you come back to year after year stand up or raise your hand if and it, you know sometimes it just depends on it's always like having a purpose it's not just doing an icebreaker to do an icebreaker i'm like i i call it like who's in the room mm. who here has traveled here from out of state awesome like whatever you had to do to be here thank you for showing up and getting on planes and leaving your friends leaving your, you know like well why am i asking this it's to in a way, acknowledge the effort and energy people took to be here. And like, my mission is that you get your money's worth. You get what you wanted to get out of this and hopefully something yeah. you didn't even know that you needed. And so my purpose and intention of the step into the circle if, or raise your hand if, is to build connection and community in a really quick, easy way. As far as like, look around the room, like there's 
most of the people here, it's your first time here. Most of the people here, right, step in the circle if you came here by yourself. Oh, great one. All right. When you leave, you know, I know that we're looking around the room or looking around the circle and you don't know anybody. And I guarantee by the end of this four day experience, you will on Sunday when we come back together and we circle up, you will look at a community in a circle of your new best friends because that's that's what camp yeah. is. And so we're going to go from a group of strangers. You know, this is how this is going to go. I'm trying to think of other I said, I said, step into the circle if you are in some sort of life or career transition right now. Oh, great one. And almost everyone did. And so this idea, this like, I'm not alone here. Raise your hand if you have felt stressed out and overwhelmed in your life or in the past year or in the past day, you know? And then, well, how, how can that question almost like lead, lead people into leaning in to whatever it is that I have to say. Like, what if I told you in the next 30 minutes, I'm gonna help you overcome overwhelm and relate to stress in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. Who here want, wants that? Yeah, no, stress is cool. Right, so I've just helped them to see see or acknowledge like, okay, you're not the only one who's stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> and we're kind of all in this together. And it's just a way to, I mean, set the tone for your talk and also build community in a pretty easy way. So that's Facilitator Marley. And Facilitator Marley is very concerned with everybody feeling welcomed, with gratitude, with seeing other people in the room. Then there's then there's Keynote Marley. So I, I've seen you speak, and I really very much enjoyed seeing you speak. I love how much energy you bring to the table. But how does, how does Keynote Marley... Like, do you have the same attitude when you're giving a keynote, or is it a different mindset? Honestly, I think it's the same. I don't, I don't necessarily see them differently. I mean, when I talk about what I do and how I market myself, I do talk about having an interactive keynote experience. So what, is, what does that look like? I will, that it, it looks like I will engage your audience in, in, in some capacity. Like it's not, like I think about sometimes just like a keynote speech being this like very one directional conversation. And I really think about even when I'm giving a keynote that I'm I'm having a conversation with the audience to awaken them to a new way of seeing or something or or a new way of being. But I want them to be engaged in some capacity, even if that's asking a question that they get to write down in their journal or their notebook or think about later. Even by me asking a question, it's not just me spouting off tons of information it's getting them connected to the content and that to me is important as a speaker is getting my audience connected to the content and and when they're connected to themselves and connected to each other the idea is that it will help them to integrate mm. the information that i'm sharing and not just be this like passive participant that's that's where there's a, it, it feels very speaking right. can feel very right. one directional yeah. at times and I, I don't see them for me as separate. I think that like what makes me unique as a speaker is my, my ability to connect with and engage and interact with my audience and still hopefully provide really valuable content. And trying to find the best balance of that and the best ways to do that depending on who the audience is and the goals of the event and who's in the room and, and taking all of that into consideration. Yeah, that's super smart. So what... I'm just trying to think of some of the companies where you've gone in 
And uh, this is a question I ask Gary Ware as well. Like, what's the what, what's your best I turn the frown upside down moment? Like, there have to be people who are skeptical. Like, here comes this woman and she's like bouncing off the wall and she's got a lot of energy. And I feel like I'm at <laughs> camp, but doesn't she know I'm a vice president of analytics or something? You know, what's your what's your best example of I brightened the day of someone who is pretty standoffish? Mm. Well, I, I, the first thing that comes to my mind is actually Nike hired me to come in. They had this like week long event for all of these people to come in for, I don't even know what the, they, they had, were having a conference and this was in the middle of the week and they wanted me to just kind of just boost the energy. And they legit asked me to create like a one hour camp like <laughs> experience for this like 200 group of 200 people. And so as they came in, they actually got like wood cookie name tags. We had a name tag generator where they wrote, you know, like their camp name on there for the next hour. And what was really different. So the room, they asked me how I wanted the room set up. And I said, no chairs, no projector. And I, like I said, all I need is a microphone or something like that. No chairs for 200 people. And yeah, for 200 people. And it was an hour. And so I had them like stand when they got in there. I I have I always have like what I call like an unofficial start, where they got a a card with a question on it. I have this deck called the Connect deck, set, and I say you know this this gives you full permission to go up to random people you don't know and ask them this question on the card, and then switch cards and go find someone new. Do that three times before we get started at nine ten or whatever the thing is. So I tried to not just have people standing around waiting for something to happen, but giving them something to do right up. They had to make a name tag. They had to go meet three new people. Boom. Even right before, even before my talk. So I'm like setting, like how, in what ways am I setting the tone? That's something that I think about. And I think the best thing that I can do and I've learned to do as a speaker and facilitator is like the more that I'm just owning it and like, this is what we're doing people will uh -huh. do it for the for the most part and even if they're a little bit like what i'm like by the i i just have to trust like it's not letting my energy be drawn into like the negative nullies or the naysayers it's like there are always going to be people that are freaking stoked like this is cool this is unique this is different and and to focus my energy on that and trust that even if people are annoyed or put off or whatever, I, I trust that people are going to get whatever they need to get. And I'm not going to let that, you know, ruin my day, essentially. And I try to really utilize adult learning theory and saying like, this is what we're doing. And this is why we're doing it as much as possible without, without like taking away some of like the fun and the play yeah. and the magic of it. But, you know, I do, I, it's like, Hey, we're just going to do this for the next hour and you get to choose your level of engagement and participation and how you want to show up. But like, let's just show up and play full out. So that's like one of my community agreements. I might say, are you willing to show up and play full out with me over the next hour? Even if this is like fun, comfortable or, you know, out, outside your comfort zone, let's just give it a go. Like, are you willing to give it a go with me? Give me a thumbs up. Cool. Let's go. Let's do this. And so I just, I try to, I think that I've seen some speakers do try to do kind of interactive things, but you can almost tell that like they're uncomfortable with it. Yes. I literally have heard yes. a speaker say, yeah, 
now we're going to do that really uncomfortable thing where I'm going to make you talk to your neighbor. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, you, your discomfort in asking them just, it's, it's the, how, how do you set it up and your confidence in raise your hand if you came here to meet someone new. Great. I'm going to have you turn to a neighbor, you know, and, and say what inspired you to be here and, you know, where are you from? What inspired you to be here? One minute each, ready, set, go. When my hand goes up, you're going to be quiet or whatever, right? So it's my energy and confidence that gives people permission to maybe play or be silly or be open to that in, in a way where maybe they might be skeptical or turned off or put off. And, and if they are, then like they are. Like I can't. So I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> no, that's so this is what I'm curious about, though. So uh, Marley's on stage and she's looking at an audience and there are a couple dudes and they don't have to be guys, but they probably would be who have their arms crossed. And there's like, why am I here? I've got a lot of work to do. Like what's going through your mind when you are, when you are seeing that. Do you know what I mean? Like, are you, that it's there. Yeah. I, I just, I, I try not to let my energy get sucked mm. into their negative vortex. You know, again, it's like where I, I'm focused on the people that are super stoked rather than how do I make everyone love me? And I've had to learn as a speaker, like not ever, I'm not going to be everyone's jam. Not everyone likes raspberry. Cool. But like, that's okay. Like to, to not like downplay my energy, you know, it's like, Oh, Marley, you're too much or it's too interactive or too this. It's like, well, this is how I roll. And I know the value of this and people get to choose their level of engagement and participation. But I think as a speaker, not being so concerned about everyone, everyone's feelings, to be honest. It's like, I care yeah. and I want it to be good. And people are going to, they they're, they're coming in with their own, like they, maybe they had a hard day and I've had, you know, I've had those moments and I don't know if you have as a speaker, but like that person who's like all like frowny face in the back of the room, arms crossed. Is sometimes the person who comes up to you at the end saying, yes, thank you. That was amazing. And you're like, I thought you hated me the whole time. And so the like whole, you know, rest, like resting bitch face or whatever thing. Like, I, I think that it's just, you never know. It's easy to assume that people are like hating it if they're looking a certain way. And it's just like, sometimes you, you never know. Yeah. And even if they look that way, it's like, I trust that that is the person who honestly like needs to hear this the most right now. And their, their, their experiences, like there's a lot going on that I'm not control. Like they might've had a hard morning with their kiddo or like something is going on in their personal life. And it doesn't have to do with whether or not I'm a good speaker or whether or not the content's valuable. Like they just are where they are. But the, the commitment in your brain to think that way, I think is impressive because it's, rather easy to look at that person in the back with their arms crossed and looking they're not smiling it's really easy to translate that as they don't like me and totally yeah your ability to not let that shake you i think is impressive so if you were but if you were trying to give that advice to someone i mean it's one thing like you and i can post it here and say like well just don't let it shake you but did you have to learn that like, did that take you a while to learn? Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. And because I as I'm, I would call myself a recovering people pleader <laughs> and perfectionist. And 
like I think my story for a long time is I want everyone to love yeah. me. I want everyone and and it comes from a place of genuinely wanting to be of service. Like I want this this message to matter to people. And if it looks like it doesn't, it's really, it's really hard to not take that personally. Cause like, here I am like public speaking is this really vulnerable thing, like bearing my soul and feeling like it's not being received on the other side. It can, it can be hard for that to not shake your confidence. So it has been, I think a, a skill that I've had to learn over time is to not let that affect me as much Mm -hmm. and sometimes you know depending on the audience i've i'll I'll address it or i'll see it or i'll speak to it or i'll say something you know and i was i was having a conversation with a coach the other day about talking like how do i make play and play fun and joy something that like even the most skeptical people could understand the value of or the importance of and and saying something like, you know, play joy and fun might sound really fluffy to you because your to-do list is long and you have a lot of work to do and you have an email, you know, hundred emails you need to answer right now, but what else is there? Like what else, you know? And so how do I know my audience well enough sometimes to like, what is the resistance to this? Mm. What does get in the way? And how do I speak to that? Like who here has ever heard you can play when? Yeah. All the work is done. Yeah, that's great. We grew up with that message, that mantra. And so guess what? We grew up in a, we've, we've taken that thing that we learned as kids into adulthood where we can play when all the work is done. Well, guess what? All of the work will never be done, which means we don't play, which means we don't have fulfillment and joy, which means, you know, all these things. And so how does that impact our, our life, our livelihood, our work, our relationships, our partnerships? And that and Stuart Brown, one of my favorite quotes from him about play is the opposite of play isn't work. The opposite of play is depression. And so I think that it's trying to like how what are all of these and those are all angles to like talk to people or reach people. And sometimes it's statistics or it's data or research or whatever it is. Um, to get like even the most skeptical people to get it in some capacity. And yeah, so it's been, it, it, it takes time to learn that for sure. But my, I think that like my mantra or I come back to my, com- it's a, a commitment to being of service of the greatest service I possibly can be. And it is not of service for me to like convince that one person in the back of the room that yeah. what I'm saying matters. It's not like my commitment is to be of service to like this, the mission and the message and like the true North, like that people will leave here motivated and inspired to create more joy in their life on purpose every day. And that doesn't mean that I need to move to Bali and be on a beach just means like I get to take five minutes to play with my kid once a day. Great. On Mm -hmm. purpose. James Clear on Instagram posted something recently that just said, I'm probably going to get it slightly wrong, but it just said, how can I make work feel more like play today? And I remember reading that and I was like, oh, that is good. So here's my question for you, Marley. We're, yeah. we're recording this in December. Uh, you're doing some virtual, some face-to-face. All last year was virtual, basically. How? Everybody wants to yeah. know this. Like, how does virtual feel like play? I mean, I can click on a poll. 
I can type something in the chat, but there's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no moving the tables around. There's no stepping into the circle. What, what have you done to make virtual more yeah. fun? Yeah. Great question. Uh, I, I actually did something really recently for a virtual talk. It was about 200 people. And I learned this from my friend Meg um, Bogler, who's an amazing facilitator as well. She created these cards called the facilitator cards. Anyway, so here we are. My favorite. No yeah. one is on video, right? So it's a Zoom meeting. And I specifically, I specifically wanted to be a Zoom meeting, not Zoom webinar, because I wanted <laughs> to see people's faces because that is... It's really hard when you're speaking into the vortex, like the black void where you legit cannot see anybody. Yeah. It's hard. Um, and so instead of just saying, hey, everybody, turn on your cameras because, and I'm almost doing it for me because it's going to help me, but it's like, well, how is it going to help them? No, you are doing that for you. Right. Everybody does that. You're doing it for yourself. But yeah. Instead of doing that, I said, all right, like, and this was literally, they introduced me, right, virtually. Like, please welcome to stay virtual stage, Marley Williams. All right, everybody, we are going to play a game. Here's what's going to happen. Step one, in order to play this game, I need you to turn on your camera. Oh, great. Step two. So I, I am saying I need to turn on your camera, uh -huh. but we're going to play a game. Here's how this game is going to go. You have a thumb. Your thumb is going to go over your camera. And I'm going to give you a couple different prompts. And it's going to, and the first one is, so here we go. We're just going to start. We're going to start right away. Thumbs on your camera. Take your thumb off. If you learned something new over the past two days of this conference that you can apply to your work. So I had them take their thumb off. So everyone like they're, it's like this, and then they go like that and then they can see everybody. And it's like, awesome. Give yourself a big high five for learning new things for growing for whatever. I, you know, I just made some sort of commentary about that. Okay. Ready? Number two. Um, and I think I said, Some Take your thumb off. Oh, so my thumb's back on the screen. It's so blah, 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 blah. Yep. So yeah, your thumb is covering your camera. Take your thumb off. And that's, that's the virtual stepping yeah. of the circle. Ooh, that is good. Right? So yeah. And then, and then my last, I, I forget what my second one was. But then I said, oh, I think I said, take your thumb off if you want to have more energy and joy in your life or something like that. Great. Who doesn't want that? Perfect. That's yeah. what we're going to do today. <laughs> Just like... Picturing someone keeping their thumb on at that point. I know. It's like, well, if you think kept your thumb on, maybe you can go listen to someone else talk. But, um, and then the last one was take your thumb off if you consider yourself to be a leader. And my, and I, and most, most people took their thumb off. Some people didn't. But for those of you who didn't take your thumb off, my hope is by the end of my talk today, you see yourself as a leader and that you walk away here knowing practical, tangible tools that you can use to help elevate your energy and have more play in your life and joy every day or something like that. And so I did that right at the beginning of my talk. So one, people turn on their videos and after you play the mm -hmm. game, people tend to leave the video on. So I, there was a reason beyond me for them to do that. Um, and it was, it was fun. It was unique. It was different. And they got, it was kinesthetic and, you know, they got to use their thumb and cover their thing. And it wasn't, it wasn't like you have to go to this code and type in a mentee. Like I've tried to like mentee meter and like all these sorts of things that it almost creates more confusion. It can with some of the virtual technology things. And it's like, okay, it's your thumb and you're covering your thing and everyone can do that. Oh, Marley, that is gold. Yeah.
It is. It was awesome. And what it does is like, it gets people present. It gets people in the room. It helps me land in the space. And then I dive into my talk, but whatever those questions are, they can be very connected to what I'm, and I was the closing keynote speaker of that event. So that was super fun. It, halfway through, it was a 90 minute virtual keynote actually. And um, halfway through, I had them legit like stand up and we did a 60 second dance party. And it was part of my talk of talking about how do you elevate your energy and all of these different things that you can do. And then, you know, my favorite hack is what I call an EDP. You might be wondering what an EDP is, my friends. We're going to do one right now. EDP stands for emergency dance party. Sometimes life's hard. It sucks. You're having like the worst day of your life or whatever. And you just need to have an EDP. 60 seconds. We're going to do it all together. And people like, I'm all right, everybody, you're going to stand up. I turn on a song and I actually show them what moves to do. And we like do it all together. It's 60 seconds. People sit down and it, and it is, I typically do it at the halfway point. And people honestly, like, they're like, oh my God, I feel so much more connected. You know, and then afterwards I say, how did that feel? How do you feel now? I feel energized. I feel stoked. I'm, in, I'm like, you know. Marley, that's so good. So those are a couple things that I do to keep, you know, just to, how do you, how do you keep the energy up? You know, that's so good. And I can, I can picture, cause what a lot of people would do, this goes back to letting the one guy ruin it. Well, there's one guy who didn't dance and that's, that's fine. But you, so you actually play a song. Actually play song. Like what song, what song do you choose? I play Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake, typically. And sometimes I've actually played the music video for it because it's hilarious. Mm. It's like all these random people in these random places. Like, and, and I try to, and I have them, you know, try to do the dance move that the person on the screen is doing or something like that. Got it. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So that, like, those are a couple things that, and, and that's, the, that's the biggest thing. And it's my energy leads the way like I'm super stoked about it I'm not like oh and now we're you know and I I kind of joke around it maybe for some of you it might be fun comfortable like I'll use that word to to dance but we're, can you give it a go can you do play at 60 seconds of your life just go like just to go for it even if you're not a dancer and you, you can have your video on you can turn it off you can do whatever but just try it out are you willing to give it a go are you willing to do something different you know, I love it so, so much. Yeah. Um, Those are a, a couple things. I mean, I can probably come up with more, but using post-it notes and, you know, draw something on a piece of paper and show everyone your artwork. And so then they like show it on their thing, like draw how you're feeling right now, take 60 seconds and then they put it up on the thing. It was kind of silly, but it's, you know, getting them to, to move or to think differently or, um, yeah. That is just yeah. so good. Okay, so try I, to keep it fun. I have a question for you about winging it. Cause yeah. Everybody I, gosh, I can't tell you how many people have told me before, like, no, 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 I'm better when I wing it. And they're never better when they wing it. They're better they feel better because there's no script that they feel like they had that they got wrong, but they're not actually better at it. You are the rare person where I would believe you. So here's my question. <laughs> Actually, I have two questions. Number one, has that ever gotten you in trouble where you just assumed you'd be fine? And then it's like, ooh, I should have been more prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh huh. 
it's it's happened to me mainly when the audience isn't who I really should be speaking to. Mm. Mainly like high school. Yeah. Like I I'm just like that's not my world. Those aren't my people. It's not who I hang out with. It's like I don't know the like pop culture references to make it funny. Like I just so sometimes it's it's that piece. I definitely wasn't as prepared and I was anxious yeah. and I was worried and that was like probably one of the worst and that was that was virtually um and like you know it's 1800 2000 students are like commenting in the oh thing they can't see each other's but i can see them but they're typing all sorts of craziness in the chat and it's hard to not want to get distracted by that um but i was just not i wasn't prepared and as doing the virtual stuff, I've gone back and forth, like slides, no slides. And this last talk that I gave where I did the thumb thing and I was talking about this, like how to elevate your energy, play more and cultivate joy. I had like, I have 60 slides for it and I rehearsed it once, got some good. So, and that was honestly the first time I ever rehearsed a virtual talk. <laughs> um, and it really helped. I got really good feedback. I redid it. And the slides, there wasn't a lot of content on the slides, but it helped my energy. It helped. And I really do help it think that it uh, got the message message across and realizing that it is helpful for people to have that visual virtually. And for 90 minutes, just to see my face, I'm like, really, it would, because and the reason I haven't done slides often is because I just want to wing it. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm going to say here, what I'm going to say there, what story is going to come up or whatever. But I'm like, how can this be supportive of the arc of my talk? And it really comes back to like, how, what, what is the most, how can I be the most of service to this audience? And the content that I had on those slides was really good and like screenshotable and then they have the 60 slides in their resources of like, if they do want to come back to it um, versus I'm not going to do slides because it's uncom it's uncomfortable for me in a way. And I'm like, that was probably one of the best virtual talks I gave all like the past couple of years. Oh my gosh. Cause it had structure. Who would have thought? <laughs> and I felt, and I, and it was like, I felt prepared and I felt ready and it was really like the feedback was great and it was really valuable. And so um, I am learning how to find that sweet spot between, yeah. you know, I didn't have everything mapped out, like everything scripted, but I had this roadmap of these 60 slides and I knew kind of where I needed to be when in order to get through them all. Um, but I think it really helped the presentation land yeah. for people and be more useful to them. And it was, honestly like made it easier for me and it was 90 minutes like that's, that's a long time right. to wing it that's a that is a long time to wing it yeah <laughs> okay here's i have another question about winging it and then we'll uh we'll move to our big three questions to end things uh one of the things that people okay. say to me a fair bit is that they don't want things to be too scripted because they feel like they'll be stale or they'll be robotic so what will so they'll they'll loosely script things and then they're willing to go off subject. Inevitably what that turns into, Marley, is I went off subject and now I'm way off and how do I get back? 
So I'm curious, mm. I'm curious if you have any tips for the general public or maybe a better question. What, what's like, what's going through your mind as you were winging it? Is there a sense of panic? Is it joy? Are you excited? Like, Ooh, I can't wait to figure out how to get back on topic. I guess I'm asking you two different <laughs> questions here, but one of those is, do you have any specific yeah. tips for people who find themselves on a pretty big rabbit trail? And then second question would be more about your own, what's going through your head when that happens? Well, I think that one of the, one of the key pieces is getting super clear on like, what's the true North of your talk? Like, what's the intention? What do you want people to like walk away with thinking, feeling, doing, being, and my hope is that even if I go off on a rampage or a tangent, I am able like to connect it to that intention in some capacity or bring it back to that. So like the point that I'm making here is ultimately blank. And so that could be, oh, you notice you're going off. The point I'm trying to make here is yeah. da, 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 da. Or like the moral of the story is blankety blank. But I think it's like wrecking, like when I'm, honestly, when I am in the zone and, and winging it, I really feel like this might be to, a, a little woo, but it's like, I feel like I'm channeling. Like, this is literally just all of the, like the knowledge that I'm feeling like needs to be said to this audience. And it always comes back to like, show up and serve. Like, how is this in service of the audience and 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 in service of that true north or of the mission and the message or is this just like super total yeah. random rabbit trail and i don't think i ever find myself i haven't found myself like so far down a rabbit trail like how did i get there but sometimes i can recognize like like i, I i'll say something like i get so fired up about this or there's so much more to say here but really the point that I'm trying to make is blank uh, or the key here is this or something like that. So but, that idea though, I think is really, really wise yeah. as if you have figured out your true North, because what that really means is like, if you've prepared well, you know what the true North of this presentation is. So if you know what the true North is, all you ever have to do is say, okay, I'm going this direction. How do I get from my little Island over here back to this direction? Exactly. And unless you've really, really gone off the rails and you're talking about what you had for lunch in fourth grade and things like that, you can get back if you know well what your true north is. That's really wise. Yeah, exactly. So I think that like getting clear on that, and that honestly is part of what helps me wing it. And I try, I try to get really connected to that before I give my talk, right? I'm like, okay, what is, what's the goal and objective? What's the true north? Like, what will what is success like if this talk is successful every single person on this call will do one thing in the next 24 hours or the next week mm. to bring them more joy mm. can i get them like can i get them there to do this one thing you know and that everything i do is in yeah. service of that mm. that is good okay marley we always end with these three questions well it used to be two but now it's three okay first one actually Prelude to the first one. Have you given a commencement address? I have a great commencement speaker. I think so too. Okay. Uh, well, if you were giving a commencement address, high school, college, doesn't matter to me, but you're giving a commencement address, what, what is it going to be about? Or what, what's some of the wisdom that you would impart? Mm. 
does anything else get imparted besides wisdom? What is some <laughs> of the wisdom you would share with your, with your mm. audience? I think that I would, I would want to speak to creating your own definition of what success is for you of like, and I don't know if it would, you know, your, your epic success, like what does, what does that look like for you and not trying to chase someone else's path of success? I would talk about like one of the, I I said, I talk about show up and play full out. Like, are you showing up and being like an active participant in the journey of your life? Mm -hmm. Or are you just like letting life happen to you? Like happen to life instead of letting it happen to you kind of thing. And, um, I know that there's probably other, I think Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this, but like the the power of following your curiosity Mm. and letting Mm. yourself like pay attention to what captures your attention. Pay attention to what captures your attention. That's good. And can you let yourself be drawn to the things that you're drawn to and, and learn like, the greatest thing that you can do is like learn how to trust your own voice, your own inner wisdom, your intuition. Like we all have it, but we cloud it out because of what we think we should do or we're supposed to do. And that you get to create an epic life. You don't, you don't have to, but you get to. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those are a couple of little, little nuggets that I'd share and try to find different uh, stories or angles and the last time I gave my, the last time I told my story at Camp Yes, I think the biggest thread or through line was like, I, it, it was the, the willingness to, to go all in on your dreams, on what mm. you want. That's great. Uh, yeah. And what would that look like if you did? instead of just showing up and playing halfway because you're worried, what if it doesn't go well? What if it doesn't work out? What right. if I fail? Right. And so we right. play halfway instead of all the way. Right. And I wonder if that's, well, so the next question is a Marley Williams speaking tip. You don't have to give that same thing, but that is a good tip for speaking too. Like yeah. go in, like go for it. Yeah. But what's, what's now, now it seems like that's what I want you to say, but Marley what's <laughs> what's, What's a Marley Williams speaking tip? So something beyond what I would find in a public speaking textbook. Mm. I mean, I want to say my my tip is like engage your audience, take them on a journey with you, connect with them, speak to them, have a conversation with them instead. And like part of that is, especially if you're speaking to adults, part of engaging your audience is honoring the knowledge and wisdom and experience they're already, already walking in the room with. Of to say like mm-hmm. I see you, I hear you, we're in this together, and like let's just go further together. But like be yeah. willing to take yeah. them on a on a journey, and help them find ways to connect your message to doing to actually like doing something different in their life with it. That's good. Yeah, and I love what you said about honor what they walk in the room with. Like, this is not the first time they've ever heard of leadership. Right. Or thought of leadership. Like, they know some things already. That's great. Yeah. All right, last one, the Marley Williams. Not the Marley Williams story, but a Marley Williams story. A story from Marley Williams is uh, Story Vault. Story Vault. Well, when I was an academic advisor at Western Washington University, I taught these classes on student success. And I worked with first generation college students. 
And it was all about like goal setting and, you know, time management and all these things, motivation. And I had a student come in my office one day and we were having our academic advising appointment as we do. And she just kind of stops and says, Marley, do you speak? And I said, I'm speaking to you right now. I'm not sure what you're asking. And she said, but Marley, do you like go places and give speeches or give talks? And at this point, I had never done that before, ever. And I was like, I mean, I speak to you in class, and but I don't like go play. I don't do that. Or I haven't done it before. And why, why are you asking? And legit, she says, uh, she was an international student from Dubai. And she says, I want you to come to my country and teach my people what you teach us. Oh my gosh, what? Is what she said to me. And I was like, okay, <laughs> tell me more. And she said, well, my dad is the president of this company and I've talked to him about you and we want to, we want to bring you to Dubai. And I was like, are you, are you joking with me right now? Like, are you serious? What's going on? And she says, and I was like, okay, let's do it. I mean, if you're really serious about this, literally she leaves there. I think the end of that week, I had a plane ticket booked to Dubai for like two weeks from then. And I was going to give like a two hour talk to this, this group of people at this company in Dubai. And it was my, the first keynote talk that I ever gave was in Dubai to this group of people that barely spoke English. And it was probably like a really terrible talk. And, uh, (laughs) Yeah, but wait, did you have a did you have a translator or was it? I just... didn't even have a translator. <laughs> no, nope. and it was like, and it, the funny thing is, is like you know, I flew across the world to give this talk. And there was like you know, 40, 50 people in the room. It wasn't huge. It was like at this hotel. It was his company, and uh, it was all about like get inspired and take bold action towards your dreams or something like that. Anyway. That was uh, that was my first ever paid speaking engagement was in Dubai. Oh my gosh! That was the start of my speaking career. So. Oh my gosh! That's I a story so, that I have I've told before in different ways, but that's the. So I how think. do you land that? Like, what's the what's the um, what's the lesson or what's the I think point the, of that story? The, the lesson is how easy it would have been for me to say no. Yeah. I've never done this before. And like the willingness to say yes to something that scares you and to the, the willingness to give it a go. And I mean, one of the things I've added to that is my, my first speaking coach, he said, your first 100 talks are going to suck. Not necessarily to your audience, maybe to your audience, but like mostly mm. they're going to suck to you because you, you know what's possible here, but you're not there yet. And the only way is through. The only way to get better at speaking is by speaking, honestly. Like you can read all the books and you can do all the things, but like it is being in the arena. So are you willing when those opportunities come along that scare the hell out of you? Are you going to say yes? Or are you going to say, no, I don't have the experience, the knowledge, the expertise, the whatever I think I need, qualifications, certifications to do this thing? that the universe is like handing in my lap, but how often we push that away because we don't think we're ready yet. What if you are? Ooh, what if you are? That is a great last line. 
Marley. <laughs> Marley, where can people find Boom. out more about you? Yeah, mic dropped. Yeah, drop Where can that people mic. find out more about uh, you? You can go to my website at Marley, M-A-R-L-I, Williams.com. Follow me on Facebook and look up look up my name, Marley Williams, and Instagram at Marley Williams as well. So those are my website, Facebook, Instagram are my main places to hang and connect with me. And yeah. Love it. Marley, you're a gem. Thank you so much, my friends. Thank you. Appreciate it. Y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Marley Williams. She is so great, right? I've been your host, Mike Pacquion. I will continue to be Mike Pacquion until we meet again. The Best Speech Podcast is edited and produced by Alicia Otieno. Music by Jonah Ramey. Until next time, my friends, do good things out there.